<laughs> Hi everybody, and did you know my master will teach you how to make money when traveling the world? And here's the course, Ricky Shetty. Thank you, thank you to our lovely co-host, Rianne Shetty. She's only five years old, and she's already podcasting away. Uh, we're actually traveling around South America currently. We're in beautiful Buenos Aires, one of the most amazing cities in the world. Uh, super vibrant and energetic, and we're really enjoying being in the Southern Hemisphere in November because we got beautiful blue skies pretty much every day, and we can walk around with T-shirt and shorts. So we're really loving Buenos Aires. And uh, uh, while we're traveling, we actually love interviewing fellow world travelers and speaking of world travelers we have one today he's actually visited every single country in the world and he's actually on his way to almost doing it twice so uh all 193 united nations states plus over a thousand different uh, territories and areas which we're going to be finding out a lot more about plus he's also the founder of nomad mania and that's a great place to uh you know to keep track of your travels and to see uh, what other people are doing in terms of their travel. So highly recommend getting onto Nomad Mania. Uh, so Harry is our guest today. We're going to be finding out all about his own travels first. So Harry, how are you doing over there in the UK today? Oh, it's fine. It's actually quite a nice day today. So it hasn't been too dire. Although I wish I was down there with you and the Argentinian sunshine. But anyway. <laughs> Yeah, with the, with the UK, uh, you know, it can definitely go up and down with the weather. And I'm actually from uh, Vancouver, BC, Canada, and the Pacific Northwest isn't always uh, sunny and uh, blue skies either. Uh, typically in the winters, it can get quite gloomy. So I'm super happy to be here in the Southern Hemisphere around this November, December uh, time frame. So uh, Harry, uh, you know, we'd love to get to know you a little bit better if you want to start off and uh, do a quick introduction and share a little bit more about yourself. Sure, my pleasure. Well, um, I'm half Greek and half South African. Uh, I was born in London and I grew up in Greece. Um, and then I uh, kind of studied for a few years here and there, um, worked for a few years as a lecturer. But then I decided that traveling the world is more fun and you learn much more. Uh, and, you know, before I was really conscious about it, uh, I found that I've got already a hundred countries under the belt and why not try a few more here and a few more there. And then, you know, I kind of ended up having done them all. Um, and this was a while back. So um, I finished the countries in 2008. Uh, and back then there wasn't the sense of community that exists now. So now kind of everyone knows everyone in one way or another. Names are known, you know, you've got lists, you've got um, all sorts of fan pages and whatever. But back then it was much more individualist. So when, when I finished uh, the countries, I didn't know anyone else. You know, it was like, you know, I didn't, I didn't have a party on the day I finished. I didn't celebrate. I just then went home. Okay, I did it. What next? You know, and after that, I thought, well, what next? One of the things to do is to try to create a bit of community. And eventually, I became the founder of The Best Traveled, which now uh, is rebranded as nomadmania.com. So that's the home uh, of many advanced travelers, many people who uh, really are addicted to traveling the world. And I, of course, count myself as one of these people. And uh, we also count ourselves as one of those people too. Currently, I'm at 73 countries. And a lot of people say, wow, that's amazing. You've been to 70 plus countries. But I'm like, actually, I still have so many more to go, you know, over 100 left to go. And it, it feels like such a daunting task. But we're basically just 
checking off the list one country at a time. And one of our major goals is to be one of the first uh, families in the world to visit every country, as far as I know. And I think you can correct me if I'm wrong, but no other family has done it with the you know, wife or with the husband or with kids. So it'll be a great feat uh, to accomplish that, you know, uh, to be one of the first. Um, so Harry, I'd love to hear a little bit about your background. Was, uh, was, were you traveling as a wee one over there in England when you were young uh, with your parents? Um, well, my parents liked to travel, uh, and because my parents are from different countries to begin with, you know, there was a bit of an intercultural element, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I had quite a few travels under my belt as a child, but, I mean, not as many as children have now. But, you know, in the 70s and early 80s, I'm 45 now. So, you know, at the time, people didn't, it wasn't so normal to jet around the world, you know. So for for that time, you know, I think um, I had quite a few experiences, but I think I blossomed into a traveler later on. So in sort of my mid-20s is when I really started going for it. And then once I hit 30 is when I thought, yeah, you know, now I really want to be a traveler more than anything else. Yeah, it's definitely addictive. You know, I did a lot of travels in my 20s as well. And then I did do a little pause once I had uh, my, uh, got married and had the kids. But, you know, once you're addicted, you just can't stop. So now we're doing it uh, with the whole family. And it's amazing. Uh, definitely uh, a lot of learning, especially for the kiddos. You saw one of them earlier. Uh, so curious to know, you said in your 20s, you started wrapping it up. Tell us about the travels. Was it first Europe because you're based in the UK or tell us about a little bit of your travel journeys, uh, you know, starting off in the 20s and, and up. Well, look, um, what happened was I was actually for a time I, I lived in Finland and uh, I was working there. And, you know, one day I remember looking at a map of Europe, in fact, in, in the classroom where I was teaching. And, and I realized I had not been to about eight European countries and I thought well wow I've already been to so many so uh, you know let me do them all and uh, and so I did uh, I finished Europe uh, in 2001 um, and then I guess once you did Europe you know you wanted to do a bit more I, I wanted to see some more places and uh, before I knew it I, I had reached a hundred Afghanistan was my hundredth country uh, and then, uh, you know, it was it was kind of deliberately my hundredth country. That was not entirely coincidental. It seemed like a good milestone. Uh, and then it was just, you know, like now I'm going to go for gold. And uh, you know, I actually did them quite quickly. So from my hundredth to one nine three or one nine two at the time. Um, this was before South Sudan. So. Um, from 100 to 192, it took me uh, four years, more or less. So that was quite quick. Yeah, no kidding. That is definitely very fast travel. Uh, so tell us about your system. Uh, were you doing uh, continent by continent? You mentioned you finished Europe, uh, you finished all the countries, and then did you do Asia, and then Australia, and then South America, and then uh, you know, Middle East. Tell us a little bit more about the system and how you ended up reaching the feet. There was no real system. I mean, um, I kind of unfortunately i left africa last and obviously i think everyone recognizes that africa is the the big challenge you know but beyond africa i think the other countries were not really that hard and i don't think i had a system you know i, I did i did i had a big trip to central america and caribbean rather early on 
Then I did Asia in kind of bits, a little bit here, a little bit there. Then I did Latin America as a kind of trip. So I don't think I was really conscious uh, of when I'm going to finish or, you know, there wasn't really a timetable. It just kind of happened. I think it was more that the wanderlust kept on taking me to new places. And, and then at the end, you know, at the end, I had very many countries in Africa left. I think I had about 45 in Africa and then a couple of scattered islands in Oceania. And, uh, and then I did those within a year and, you know, I kind of really went for it. Awesome. Uh, you know, definitely uh, congratulations there. You said the 100th country was Afghanistan. Definitely curious to know what was 192. I know you mentioned South Sudan was a little bit later on, but what was, what was your 192nd uh, back then? 192, the one where I said uh, I'm the king of the world. Was yes. It was Equatorial Guinea, uh, which at the time, uh, I mean, it's still quite hard to get there, but at the time it was virtually impossible. So I really had uh, issues getting the visa, uh, but in the end I, I managed to get in. Uh, so that was my last country, yeah. And how did you do the visa for places like Equatorial Guinea or some of the other difficult-to-reach places? Uh, tell us about some of the most difficult visas you had to get. Well, I think the most difficult are, you know, the, the ones that are generally acknowledged as difficult are Saudi Arabia, Angola, um, Nigeria is quite hard, Sudan perhaps. Um, I think for many of those I got lucky. So for Saudi Arabia, I happened to have a student who had grown up there and she still had contacts there uh, with which, you know, a part of a company. So in fact, the company... Uh, invited me and i got the saudi arabian visa with it was it was really easy in the end uh, once you've got the contact then you know for for angola um it was just a matter of seeing the process through you know you just it's not an impossible visa to get you just need nerves of steel and determination uh, for nigeria i ended up getting a transit visa which allowed me a week, which was good enough for, for, for them. Uh, so, you know, these are some strategies. I think if you really want to do it, nothing's going to stop you. So uh, there's always going to be ways you, you, can, you can find a way to, to get through the hurdles. Yeah, as the, the famous saying goes, where there's a will, there's a way. So you can definitely find it because, you know, there have been a few hundred people who have done this feat already and they've found a way to get those visas and get to those areas. So I'm curious to know, how did you actually travel? Was it mostly by flight, overlanding, tours, combination of all of the above? Tell us a little bit more about your travel style. Well, no, I, I never did tours. Uh, I, I, well, I had to do a tour for North Korea, uh, obviously. So that was the one time I did a tour. And I did, uh, I've been to Syria three times. Um, um, I did Syria three times in the good days. And one of my trips to Syria was with the group. Uh, those were the only trips I ever did as part of tours. So uh, I really enjoyed traveling alone. And uh, to be honest, if I had a choice, I would travel alone. Uh, in terms of style, I guess it was a combination. Uh, I am a bit of an aviation buff. I love airports and planes. Uh, on Nomad Mania, we have a list. Uh, we have, apart from our main list, we have like alternative lists of things like museums, airports, you know, cities. And on the airports list, I am number one, indisputably. Uh, that's the only thing I can claim to be number one on, really. Uh, so I did like my planes, but at the same time, I find that 
overlanding gives you much more. So now I've had some very good overlands. I remember a very memorable one was was driving from Freetown to Monrovia. Uh, and I mean, that's quite a tough one. So uh, so that was a, an interesting overland and, and a few others. Awesome. Yeah, we're definitely uh, overlanders. Uh, we've been traveling around South America pretty much by overland for the entire continent, with the exception of a couple of flights into Manaus and the Amazon, just because it's super hard to get to. But pretty much from Colombia, uh, from Colombia into uh, Ecuador, Peru, Bolivia, uh, into Chile, and now into Argentina, and then we'll be going to Uruguay. 100% overland without one flight. So pretty impressive, especially with the kids and these long South American bus rides. They're definitely a lot of work. Definitely oh, yeah. Yeah, but you know, coaches in in uh, coaches and buses in in uh, Latin America are, are really an experience, and some of them are very very well organized. So that's that's good fun, you know. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you're right. Uh, some of them have little mini TVs, kind of like on an airplane. Some of them have bus attendees who'll go around and give you snacks or little uh, juices and stuff like that. So I'm really impressed by the quality of uh, buses and the, the whole system. It's a uh, uh, quite easy, even if you don't know much Spanish like we do, why well, we don't, uh, it's still uh, manageable. Uh, yeah. So, you know, one of the toughest questions I'm sure you get is the, the favorite country question or the favorite countries. I know we get that a lot. And uh, I, I think one of my favorite countries is actually South Africa. I know you have ancestral roots there, and we absolutely love South Africa. And we did that earlier this year, um, Animal Safari, for my 40th birthday. Uh, I'd love to hear about some of your favorite places, uh, any cities or countries stand out for you. Well, obviously, we all have uh, places we like more. You know, I, I, you know, I, I always shy away from giving one favorite. You know, I would say there's always a few gems that you tend to warm up to more. Uh, I think I like to take it by continent sometimes. So, you know, I mean, if I'm looking at Africa, I think Ethiopia is possibly the most interesting country there for me. I really enjoy Ethiopia. I find it has a wonderful culture. Uh, in Asia, uh, if I take the whole continent of Asia, uh, Iran is just wow. You know, I think if it didn't have the visa and, and sort of entry restrictions of any kind, I think I'd be going to Iran every year. I find the hospitality incredible. Uh, I also really like Indonesia in Asia because I find it extremely varied. Um, you know, from east to west, it's really quite... Uh, different country with different peoples so and japan is like it's a bit like being in a cartoon there so uh, <laughs> i find that fantastic in europe i really like portugal um and i also find serbia and romania to be two very underrated and undervisited countries both of those deserve much more attention uh, on the american continent i really like mexico and I think it has a very unfair reputation of being dangerous and, you know, whatever. But I only had good experiences there. So these are some of my favorites, you could say. Uh, there's many cities I really like. Uh, so it, it's quite hard for me to, to differentiate. What, one of my favorites is a small town called Colmar in France which is in Alsace, it's really pretty. And then you've got Petsch in Hungary, is really, really pretty. Uh, you know, so I tend to like smaller towns, you know, kind of secondary towns, maybe not, not very small ones, but not capitals either. So, uh, you know, they are the kind of place I like. 
Awesome. Uh, definitely a great list. I've been to some of those you mentioned already and some are still to go. So uh, curious to know uh, about the whole financing side of things. Obviously, it's expensive to fly around from continent to continent to visit all these places. Tell us about how you're able to finance the entire trip and also all of your travels. Well, look, um, I've got some savings and uh, I'm the kind of person who will use every single penny for traveling so you know i'm not the kind of guy who's going to invest in clothes or in expensive high tech or whatever you know i think when you have a priority and you know what it is and you spend everything you've got there then it no longer implies it's so expensive it's just a matter of sacrificing other stuff so you know I, I, you know i used to have a job and it paid decently and uh, i get a rent or two from some properties and that's enough to travel the way i travel you know i'm not a five-star hotel person far from it you know i i always go to mid-range places i i have used couch surfing uh, i have on occasion hitchhiked i do look for cheaper flights when i can you know at the same time you know once you reach your 40s i think you don't go for the absolute bargain you know always you know you tend to like a little bit of comfort i can see how my own travel style has changed in the last 15 years so uh, you know when i was younger I, I would rough it quite a lot but nowadays you know i need just a, a minimum of of comfort I totally agree on your sentiments. Back in my 20s, I was actually a backpacker roughing it and sleeping wherever anyone would take me from couch surfing. Slept in about 50 to 60 different couches around the world and, uh, you know, definitely doing a little bit of hitchhiking as well and uh, staying in those hostels with those dormitories and shared washrooms. Oh, I keep saying never again. We still do the hostels every now and then, but we won't do the dormitories, obviously, with the family. We'll do a private room. And uh, if, if possible, uh, you know, all the time, we definitely love having our private washrooms now. So uh, I definitely <laughs> echo your sentiments there in my, in my you know, 30s and 40s. Uh, definitely uh, your mindset changes, your comfort, the creature comforts change a lot as well. Absolutely, yeah. So, Harry, uh, you finished this um, big goal in uh, 2008. And here we are at the end of 2017, crisp of 2018. So it's been about 10 years. What have you uh, focused on in the last 10 years? Because a lot of us who haven't hit the 183, well, that's our focus, right? But you've already done that, so you know that's no longer a goal. Uh, what has been your focus over the last 10 years in terms of travels? Well, look, initially uh, I did remaining bits and pieces like territories or you know non-recognized countries. So you know I, I hadn't been to Abkhazia. I hadn't been to places like St. Bart's or, I don't know, Norfolk Island, you know, these these sort of places. So uh, I ticked all those off the list. And then after that, I founded the, the website. So The Best Traveled and Now Nomad Mania divides the world so extensively that I think it provides material for a long, long time. So we've got 1,281 regions. And obviously, no one is anywhere near having done them all. And I think doing these regions or trying to do them, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say I want to do them all, but, you know, uh, the ones I haven't done are the inspiration and I kind of uh, have the aim of doing as many as possible. Uh, so this is what keeps me going now. At the same time, I kind of have the aim of doing every country again, a second time. So at the moment, I'm left with 49 to do a second time. So I've done 
what would it be? 134, is it? Uh, what's my math like? Or is it 144? No, 144, I guess. So I've done 144 countries at least twice. Uh, and I've got 49 still visited only once. I think one of the reasons is that I want to be sure that my first impression was correct. Uh, and at the same time, I want to go much deeper into some countries. So uh, this is what I'm working on now without any real time frame. So, you know, as long as it takes. And uh, tell me if uh, anyone else has actually done the world twice. I mean, that's a pretty remarkable feat to do it once. Uh, but uh, any other people have done it twice that you know of? I don't know. I mean, I think many of the big travelers who've already done all the countries tend to then go around in circles again, you know, and do more and more. I don't know if anyone has actually done every country twice. And to be very honest, there's a few that may not really be worthy of a second visit. You know, I mean, if you've been to Nauru and seen it well, why would you really want to go twice? But I mean, on the whole, um, yeah, it's a worthy goal. And I, I'm sure other people are on their way. And, uh, you know, I, I don't do things to be the only one. You know, that's not my motivation here. And I'm definitely not aiming to be the best this or number one in that. I, I just want to see as much of the world as possible, uh, experience as much as, as I possibly could. You know, that's the idea here. Awesome. Uh, so we've talked a little bit about Nomad Mania, but I'd love uh, to do a little bit of a deeper dive into it. So uh, tell us a little bit about the origin story. Uh, you mentioned there was a lack of community amongst the world travelers. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you got the idea and then how you turned the idea into uh, uh, reality. Look, I mean, obviously everyone knows the Traveler Century Club, and this is a very good first list. You know, I mean, once you've done 193, the TCC you know, gives you more ideas to go to more places. But I always wanted a list which kind of gives every country what the country is worth. So I wanted a list where you have divisions which are consistent based on different elements that make the countries. And this consistency goes across the world. And I thought this was very important. So the idea was to divide every country once. That means, well, we're reasonable. So every country which is big enough would get at least two different regions rather than one. And this would make travelers want to explore countries that were even relatively small in more depth. But then once we divided each country at least twice, it would mean that bigger countries would have to be divided much more. So, you know, obviously you can't divide Slovenia, which you divide into two, the same way that you divide, say, Iran which is much bigger with, you know, 40 times the population and whatever. So that way we ended up coming up and I, I didn't do this alone. Uh, I need to stress this. Uh, the list was, uh, you know, there were other people who contributed to this. And even today we have committees that are checking the list and uh, amending it. And, you know, we do occasionally um, make a few corrections and we're about to make a another one next year which will maybe be the last one so we divide countries what we call rationally uh, among each other and i think in this way we give travelers the opportunity to really get to go in depth in a country and have a motivation to do that um, so i think we're not in any way eurocentric uh, european countries get 
decent splits because they have a lot of economic power, you could say, and cultural uh, influence. Uh, we don't only look at territory. So we look at population, we look at culture, economy, and also tourist appeal. So we take a kind of um, all these five criteria and try to find how many regions each country should have. This is the idea. Now, how did I put it into practice, you asked? Well, I uh, contracted a web designer. Initially, I mean, this started in 2011, and initially I really had no idea what I was getting into. Um, you know, I, I kind of understood the challenges once the project started. But at the same time as all the challenges of making it known and, uh, you know, dealing with negativity sometimes, you get all the positive things, you know, all the people who, who you know, reach out to you. And, and since then, I can say I've met very many people in the traveler community. I've made some good friendships. So it's definitely been worth it. And, uh, and I hope to be able to continue with Nomad Mania for a long, long time in the future. Yeah, you've done, definitely done a phenomenal job. It's a great resource, and uh, I love how you can uh, break down your search criteria and search by nationality or age or um, your region, et cetera. So tell us about, uh, you know, if people aren't on it yet, you know, there might be some of our listeners and viewers who haven't looked at it yet or who haven't joined. Uh, tell us about how they can best use the site. Well, um, first of all, um, you've got very many different lists. So it's not only a division of the world. Uh, what Nomad Mania offers now are what we call series. And under series, you've got endless ideas of things to do in every place. Um, you'll tell me, well, we get that from TripAdvisor. Well, the issue is that TripAdvisor doesn't really vet these things. So you never really know what is worth it and what is actually not. Uh, what we've done is we've constructed lists uh, which we think really makes sense. And then when you go into the page of every sub-region, you can find all the things, all the ideas that we propose. So we've got series on things like temples, religious temples, that is. We've got series on things like modern architecture, uh, which implies modern buildings. We've got series on museums. We've got a series on festivals. Um, and these, we are constantly researching and making these grow. So I think Nomad Mania ends up being a very systematically categorized resource where, you know, if you're very interested in, say, temples, you can immediately go to that series and see, well, what temples can I find in this region? If you're interested in cities, you can go and look at the urban one. Uh, so I think this is how many people can use the site. Um, another unique feature i would say of nomad mania is actually listing all the people who've done 193 countries so we've researched this quite extensively uh, at the moment there's almost 170 people on the list uh, i think a, a community um, is being built although you can't yet communicate directly with each other on the site you can still kind of see who is out there uh, and at the same time, one of the best fun features is when you fill in your map, you have a very nice visual, not only of how many places you've done today, if you fill it in correctly by putting in the year you travel to every place, you can go back year by year and see how your map is growing. So, you know, I can go back to, let's say, 1990 
and see how many regions of the world I had done then, you know. Then I can go to the year 2000 and I see that my map has more green places. That means I've visited more. So I think there's a lot of fun in it as well, apart from it being a good informative resource. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of fun in it. And I didn't even, uh, you know, enter all my years yet. I actually did enter all the countries and most of the regions. And I definitely need to go back and now uh, look at it in terms of that year by year. That would be definitely phenomenal uh, to look back at it. And also to, uh, you know, look at others in terms of the nationalities. How many Indians have done it or how many, uh, you know, Brits have done it? How many French people have done it? Are you going to compare that? You can look at the ages of the people. And uh, like you mentioned, all these different lists. So pretty phenomenal. Just want to give you a huge, uh, you know, uh, high five. Well done, my friend. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, Harry, uh, what's next? I mean, I, I, are you planning to, uh, I know you're not much of the, the fastest or the quickest, or uh, are you planning to hit every region in your own list that you created? Or what are some of your major travel goals left to go? Well, every, every region may be difficult if I want to keep my head on my shoulders. So uh, there's a few regions there like, I don't know, southern Libya or whatever, which uh, realistically are not going to happen anytime soon, you know. And then we cannot delete them because uh, these places exist. Uh, well, my, my aim is to see as much as possible. I want to do more of some countries that I liked first time round. And I feel I haven't done justice to. So, you know, Mozambique, Algeria um, are two countries that are kind of very uh, on the top of my list for redoing. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of doing as much as I can uh, at not a too uh, frenetic pace anymore. Uh, you know, I think um, I will be probably making or having one trip a month, uh, say about eight days. Uh, nowadays, I'm a bit more stable so you know i have my home i appreciate having a sort of routine at this point but i still think i'm going to invest uh, a week or a bit more than a week every month to do one country or one sort of area and this is how it's going to be for the next couple of years uh, hopefully i can reach as high a score as possible on on nomad mania and as i said hopefully eventually i will be able to do every country twice uh, luckily uh, i've done many of the dangerous zones twice already so uh, i've been to yemen three times and syria three times so uh, <laughs> i've kind of ticked those ones Definitely amazing indeed. Uh, so there's a saying, uh, you know, uh, the best way to know the journey is ahead is to ask those who've been there. So for those of us uh, who are watching and listening who are still chasing the 193, uh, any advice or tips you give to us uh, in terms of reaching it for ourselves? Well, look, I think there's going to be moments when you ask yourselves, what am I doing? Uh, just follow your inner voice. You know, uh, don't let anyone tell you uh, you're crazy or it can't be done uh, don't let some difficulties uh, take you away if you really want to do it you can do it uh, i mean more and more people are doing it and i think it's also very important that you do it in your own way so in your own time in your own method you know there's no best way to travel i think some people are going very fast Others like going very slowly. You know, I think just follow your own instincts. Uh, if you really want to do it, you can do it and enjoy it above all. I mean, this is essential. Awesome. Definitely some sage words of wisdom there, Harry. 
So to end off with, uh, if people wanted to connect with you, you know, register for Nomad Mania, follow your own journeys, how can they do that, Harry? Well, I mean, if they want to register on the site, they just go to nomadmania.com and uh, they register and open a profile. I am always available. My email is very simply harry at nomadmania.com. Uh, you know, if people want to connect, I'm always very happy to hear from people from everywhere. Uh, you know, I am a bit of an introvert. It may not actually uh, be very apparent, but I'm actually quite shy and I rarely take the first step. But then if people do take the first step, I'm always kind of responsive. This is the way uh, I work. So, yeah, I'll be very happy to hear from anyone who has any questions and any comments uh, and I'll try my best to respond. Awesome. Just like you did with me. I took that first step to reach out to have you on the show and you responded. And here you are having completed the interview. So thanks, everybody. My pleasure. Thank you, Ricky. You're very welcome. And uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode. Uh, if you are one of those uh, crazy people like myself who want to reach that 183 goal, uh, definitely reach out to uh, people like Harry who have done it. And, you know, he mentioned there's at least 170 other people who have done it or who are registered on the site and probably uh, quite a few dozen more who are maybe not on the site uh, yet. Uh, so make sure you reach out and make sure you register for Nomad Mania, great resource. Uh, you know, um, ways to search for other travelers and to keep a record for your own travel. So thanks again, Harry, and we'll catch up with you soon, my friend. Thank you. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in, too. This episode of Did You Know My Master, I teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Happy travels! Happy travels!